bring it. You call me whatever you want to call me. Hagfish. You name me that out of fear. You, <laughs> you are afraid of me because I disgust you. Welcome to What The If. You have entered the if zone. <laughs> Philip Shane, documentary filmmaker, even though you might not believe it, based on that <laughs> fantastical science fiction opening, uh, here with uh, Professor Matthew Stanley, coming to us from uh, lovely Washington Square, where um, we, we have a new sponsor. Uh, that's right. The um, coffee cart on the corner of West Third and Mercer Street. Um, bagels, just a dollar. That's pretty much it. That's. It. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you get the coffee too, or just the bagel? Uh, no, I'm not a coffee drinker. Due to some uh, 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 traumatic um, uh, part-time jobs I had back in high school that turned me off from the smell of coffee forever. Wow. I I have to stop the show there right dead now, Mm -hmm. and you will tell me one of these traumatic incidents. All right. If you can handle it, if you can handle the PTSD. I I worked at a Hardee's when I was uh, 15, a a, a particularly low-quality fast food chain, for those of you who aren't familiar with it. The lowest. Um, (laughs) And uh, I worked... Hardee's, not a sponsor. (laughs) The the morning shift on Saturdays and Sundays, I had to get up at like four in the morning. Um, and one of my tasks was to fill the coffee maker, which is this, this sort of industrial size thing. Um, and the, the coffee grounds came in these 30-pound bags, and you would dump them into the, the hopper on the top of the um, coffee maker. Uh, and then that would run sort of for the day. But the coffee maker was up on top of a, a table. So it was actually not possible to see the hopper as you poured the coffee grounds in. So the effect of this was that about half would go into the hopper and half would just rain down onto me. So my hair and clothes would get full of coffee grounds, so of which I would then reek for the rest of the day. So I, I came to associate the smell of coffee with this awful job getting up at four in the morning and dealing with these terrible people. Um, so that, uh, that turned me off from coffee at a young age. Wow. And you never, you were never able to fix that situation. I was never able to fix that situation. No. Which is why it sounds like you didn't go into engineering. <laughs> I would have been on that. Changed my life yeah. trajectory. See, I would have been on that to my, you know, and then wound up working at Hardee's the rest of my life. Uh, so that's probably for the best that so, you didn't. Yes, yes. Um, Hardy's not a sponsor. Yes, I had. Wow, there was a Hardy's when I went to University of Maryland. There was a Hardy's as well that uh, put like sauces on things that was just disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> when I think Hardy's, I think of like this weird yellow and weird red sauce, neither of which were mustard or ketchup or barbecue or uh, yeah, who knows? there was some mysterious sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah the special sauce. Um, 
Now we also have uh, so so. Just want to say, but 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 this coffee cart, Third and mm-hmm. Mercer Street. Uh, if you're ever in New York City, go there. You know, it's it's got a line of tourists in front of it, or it will. Uh, it just will. like right. soup- this episode broadcast exactly, yeah. just like Soupman has because of Seinfeld mm-hmm. uh, in Midtown there. So now we also we do have a a real sort of sponsor um, in the sense that. Uh, neither of, by the way, these are volunteer shout outs. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> volunteer yeah, shout outs. No one actually wants to be associated with us. That's right. That's right. Now, the, the Unemployed Philosophers Guild, they do want to be associated with us, but we sort of have a, a sharing and caring relationship. They give us finger puppets and, uh, and also a discount for our listeners. And uh, in return, we sing their praises, which I would do anyway. Um, I have good friends working over there, and it is an amazing place. If you're smart and you're funny, it's a good place to go, philosophersguild.com. And uh, they're the ones who, if you've listened to us at all, you know we give away ingratitude on our behalf and on the Unemployed Philosophers Guild behalf for sharing knowledge with the world. Uh, if you write in and share some ideas that we use as a inspiration for an episode scenario, we're going to send you a finger puppet. Now, you don't have to. By the way, you should do that anyway. So we uh, frankly we yeah, enjoy reading your, yeah. we enjoy reading every one of your letters no matter what they're about um digital letters of course if you want to send snail mail letters uh you can do that as well uh, but we also now because so many people kept asking could they get a finger puppet uh what were the odds of them getting chosen for a show and you know they just wanted these finger puppets right. anyway for them and their friends and uh our folks at the uh friends at the unemployed philosophers guild jay and meng and company um Gave us 10% off for you. So if you go to philosophersyield.com, you use a four-letter coupon code, and here it comes. It's just four letters. Mm. It's not those four letters. Uh. It's W-T-I-F. W-T-I-F at philosophersyield.com. Buy anything you want, 10% off. And then if you buy a certain amount, you get free shipping and all kinds of stuff. But I'm sending those, you know, those in gratitude to our guests and our, our listeners who have written in... Uh, those things have been flying literally all over the world, South Africa, Australia, because that's where we have our fans everywhere on this planet. If you are on a different planet, please write in as well. Maybe you have, and your email just hasn't arrived yet because of the light speed. <laughs> Sorry. Delay. Delay. Yeah. delay. This is a game. Let's do a little refresher just for those who are new. Welcome, by the way. How would you describe this game, sir? This is a game show. Uh, we uh, changed something about reality. Um, might be uh, a law of physics or something in the past or give ourselves lightsabers for hands. I mean, there's all sorts of things we do. Um, and then we run with it and we, uh, uh, we decide how the universe would be different. And we learn some science along the way. That's right. By the way, and a shout out to... Miguel Bento, one of our super iffer fans in South <laughs> Africa. I just want you to know, Miguel, and also everyone else listening, between you, Miguel, between you, me, and the internet, your, you, Miguel sent us a bunch of ideas, all of which are in the hopper. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them was that what if we had lightsabers for hands? And every time Matt and I run through the list of ideas, which one should we pick today? That one <laughs> gets, that one's coming. We just haven't found that we just haven't been able to, to grasp it yet. So mind boggling. So we have a team of we have actually employed some philosophers mm-hmm. uh, to we got them at a 10 percent of their usual salary 
uh, using our coupon code WTIF. And they are working on the philosophical, philosophical uh, ramifications of if we had lightsabers for hands. So stay tuned. It's an upcoming episode. By the way, if you want to get your upcoming episodes, here's a segue. If you want to get your upcoming episodes automatically without having to think, because who wants to do that? Uh, subscribe. If you know how to subscribe and you haven't done it yet, I, I just recommend it. It'll make your life easier. It'll be one of those things like you've been meaning to do, like clean the closet, and, and you did it. You're done. It's great. It's mm-hmm. also far more fun and, and, and infinitely faster than cleaning the closet. Um, if you don't know how to subscribe, we do have listeners who, I will say I have family members who are, in fact, nuclear physicists, for, for instance. And uh, the subscription thing is, they're not sure. The whole podcasting thing is a little bit new. They're still wrapping their mind around that. All you have to do is go to whattheif.com if you want a little hand. Um, whattheif.com. Click the subscribe button. And there, you all you have to do is choose. Are you an Apple podcast person? Or are you an Android user? Um, um, you, it'll send you to the appropriate place. And boom, you click one button. You got it. You're done. All right, let's get to the game. Gentlemen, today, what have you brought us, Professor? It's a particularly disgusting idea, which which may make the coffee cart sponsor someone regret their their choice of being associated with this. If you're gonna, so if you're gonna sponsor a, a science show, you've got to be able to <laughs> just know. Yeah, <laughs> there's a hideous creature called the hagfish. Somebody hundreds of years ago discovered it and said, "You know what?" mythological creature this beast reminds me of a hag let's call it the hagfish now it's been a long time since i played dungeons and dragons mm-hmm. or um i confess having read a straight-up fantasy a novel for instance where mythological creature where you might encounter these characters remind me i have an image of a hag kind of like a lady yeah, they're with- kind of you know hideous swamp dwellers with magic powers and female usually I believe that is the case. Yes, yeah. that is that is typically the case. Um, there's probably a witch warlock type situation where there's some name for the the masculine hag. Right. Um, uh, so the hagfish is um, a smallish eel type critter. Mm. Um, yeah, several inches long um, and uh, covered in slime um, and uh, really not. So, so uh, lives in the ocean. Uh, not the swamp like the mythological hags. Um, and it has a trick that scientists have been studying recently um, and got some publicity because people figured some things out. Um, it's a particularly disgusting trick. So if you're a uh, if you are of weak stomach, you may want to skip the next few bits. If you're listening from a Hardee's. Well, actually, no, <laughs> if you're in Hardee's, you you're fine. <laughs> Put down the curly fries. Right. <laughs> We're talking about this. Um, so the uh, the hagfish has a defense mechanism um, in which it spits a ball of slime that then explodes to be gigantic. How gigantic does it go? Um, oh, first of all, sorry, I'm not sure if I, I captured, I, I caught it. How some? What's the size of the hagfish? Uh, several inches. Several inches. Yeah. Okay. Like a foot. Yeah. Not, so not especially big. Or like a foot. Um, yeah, okay. several inches a foot, something like that. So from three to twelve inches. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> got it. Um, they're uh, they're typically a prey fish. Um, sharks like to eat them, uh, but they have this cool defense mechanism where a shark tries to eat them, 
and they spit out this little ball of slime and the ball of slime explodes like Spider-Man's webs uh, into this giant sticky net that prevents the shark from eating them. Well, that that went from disgusting to as soon as you said Spider-Man, it kind of became awesome. Well, I think what that should really do is persuade you how disgusting Spider-Man's powers actually are. <laughs> That's a good Because it's essentially just a giant net of slime um, that he's spraying on True. people. True. Instead of Spidey, they should call him Slimy. Stanley, Stanley, rest in peace. Good trick, yes. right? Yeah. Um, and so the uh, one of the amazing things, so the slime ball increases in size by a factor of 10,000. Hey, now. That's what she said. Hey. <laughs> Is that a slime ball coming out of you? Or are you just happy to yeah. see me? 10,000. And is is this coming out like in a spherical shape, a conical? Yeah, it comes out in a little blob. Right. Um, and then explodes into this net type thing. Um, and it's quite strong, the, the slime net that comes out of it. You know, it's enough to keep a shark from eating it. Whoa. Right. It's strong um, enough to keep a shark. So it's. It doesn't surround the shark, for instance. It does not. It's not like a net. Uh, yeah, it's more like a, mm, a shield, an umbrella. Right. Yeah, oh, like shields up. Shields up. <laughs> Slime up. Right. <laughs> and then the hagfish makes a break for it. I don't know the hagfish, you know. First of all, I'm glad that this is an audio program mm-hmm. and not an olfactory podcast. I don't know if you've checked those out there. Kind of weird. <laughs> unusual. <laughs> or even visual. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as for pictures, where... where uh, this is from oh, an article. So, so I came across this reading on um, from Science Magazine, the journal. So sciencemag.org. Um, the hagfish uh, article is, is one of the, the top articles at the moment. Cool. Um, Do we know so the author? Should we give a shout out? Uh, Erica Carlson, who I am not familiar with. But, okay. um, uh, but yeah, so the, she was reporting on um, uh, research published in the journal of the Royal Society Interface about hagfish slime. Um, so Royal, big, sorry, I have this up right there. <clears throat> Royal Society Interface. Interface. Yeah. That's fascinating. I'm just going to leave that there. That's just like poetry right there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of the great mysteries here is how do you get something to increase in size by a factor of 10,000 fast enough to keep a shark from eating you? Now, let's help us visualize it's funny because these are the kind of things that we hear a lot. Um, when you go, for instance, on any kind of tour of something gigantic or whatever, or, mm-hmm. or you're learning about these things, or Neil Tyson may tell you things like this. Um, factor of 10,000. I think I'm a little bit lost there. It's hard. 10,000 is a big number. Um, Even factor like of num- what is it's it? It's less like the number of coffee grounds I had in my hair back when I was at Hardee's. Um, <laughs> Uh, all right, so this is a reasonable moment for uh, for what the if thing, because that's where the the scale will help. Cool. Um, so uh, what the if um, humans also had a slime missile? Like yes. Right. <laughs> what the? A, let me say that again. What <laughs> for a title? What the if humans could defend themselves with a slime missile? Mm-hmm. Take that, so Putin. Like, the, like yeah. the hagfish. Yeah. We could spit out a glob of goo 
that would then expand by a factor of 10,000 in order to protect us from those we do not like. Fantastic. Although I imagine you, you might have trouble um, running your classroom. Uh, well, it depends. I mean, if I can keep the students under control with my slime missile, that's fine with that's, me. It would be a great incentive. The dynamic of the classroom would change. <laughs> would change slightly. Yeah. I, I agree. Yes. Um, so let's see here. So humans can spit. Yeah, uh, people can hawk a loogie, right? Um, how big would you say uh, a normal human <laughs> spitball is? I, just, I don't know. Hawk a loogie is always uh, my brain just shuts down right there. <laughs> uh, half an inch. An okay. Inch? Give it an inch. Yeah. All right. Um, so, so normal or two, it, it, it could be an inch or two. No, an, an inch is an fine. Inch. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, normally you're accosted on the subway mm. and your only form of defense is to spit a one inch blob of mucus at the, accordion player who won't leave you alone or whatever. <laughs> um, but now that you've been endowed with hagfish powers, yes. that, one, that one inch loogie is now 800 feet across. <laughs> Whoa. Eight, and, and across, but meaning it's a sphere with an 800 foot diameter? That's correct. And so it's, just to be clear, it's not a... Is it a solid sphere full? It's not. It's a, it's a it's net. Right. Um, right. Uh, like Spider-Man style. Right. Um, and that's one of the things that this, this research was about, was figuring out how, uh, how you get all of these, this, this gigantic size um, of fibers um, compacted down into such a small size, such that it can quickly go. From small to big. Oh, right now. So this is kind of magic, right? So mm -hmm. oh, see, it comes out. It, it it's not like you are spitting out eight hundred feet worth. No, it looks like it's a little blob of mucus. Wow. So it's like you could. Okay, uh, I'm not exactly sure. How the, now underwater, it would have a different dynamic. But like, if you're on the subway, mm, as you know, I don't know how many people actually ride a subway. But if you're in an urban environment, especially in New York, you, you know, uh, you think of it as a bus. If you're not on a subway, yeah, and you could hawk this one one little inch uh, of slime, a little one inch thing, onto the floor, for instance, mm -hmm. and run run away, and boom, that thing blows up. Kaboom! Yep, into an eight hundred foot diameter <clears throat> sphere. Um, and of course, eight hundred feet is vastly longer than a subway car uh, or a bus for that oh, matter. So, is eight hundred feet long? No. It blows uh, up yes, as the a net. The net would be a hundred. Would be eight hundred feet wide. Yep. Right. So it's a sphere. It's a circle. It's a net, yeah. and the hagfish is in it. So really, the subway car. Forget it. It's total overkill. That's right. Everybody's got. Everybody's been slimed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like Ghostbusters. <laughs> so uh, okay. So uh, yeah. we we need a bigger environment. It's um. You're on the sidewalk. Um, Yes. Well, yes. Okay. Actually, you know what? I think the, the classic um, measuring unit for this is the football field. Ah, okay. <clears throat> All right. Um, so how big is the football field? A place where no um, self-respecting geek would find themselves <laughs> except to measure. Except to measure. Exactly. Um, so a football field, uh, an American football field, we know mm -hmm. we have listeners in Australia, but an American and, and elsewhere, uh, American football field, um, which has nothing to do with soccer, is 100 yards, which is 300 feet. 
I'm not sure how wide it is, but it's 300 feet long. Uh, I'm not either, but the 100 yards is a good, yeah. um, uh, is a good metric. So our mucus blob is more than twice Whoa. a football field long. Okay, this is incredible. So if you're on the defense of the football team uh, and you have the hagfish powers, you can totally stop everybody in their tracks. Your team is is unstoppable. This would be a fantastic game. First of all, they need a field at least way more than 800 feet uh, uh, yeah. in length okay. and in width. Because the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it's um, you know, I mean, it would have to be twenty. Let's give them twenty four hundred. I don't know. Whatever. It's massive. So, so when I look at a. a mm-hmm. I was thinking, oh, you said football field. So I was thinking like the football field at our school. In fact, there's a school right down the street. They have a football. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is more like imagining, you know, a great stadium. So you think of a, a real professional football yeah, field. Yeah, a really big stadium. Right. Yeah. The stadium itself could be filled with this thing or nearly so. Um, yeah, it could be, actually. I don't know. I, I haven't spent enough time in stadiums to really assess. Um, but if assuming stadiums are on the order of magnitude, of a football field. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you just imagine in my mind, when I look down on a football stadium, it feels like the field itself is by far the biggest. The length of the football field is, seems considerably longer than the ring of seats around it. So, um, yeah, that's right. And height wise. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. So, if you had a domed stadium, for instance, the thing, one skein bomb. Yep. One hag bomb would uh, could start pushing out the roof of the stadium, <laughs> like the Superdome or something. Wow. Uh, yeah, and one of the crazy things about this is that, as I mentioned before, like Spider-Man's webs, um, <clears throat> these skeins of slime are quite strong. Um, uh, like, uh, yeah, like like real spider webs too. Right? As um, and what's good, the chemistry here is very interesting. So what the, um, the properties of things like a string or a hard table are related to the structure of the molecules the thing is made of, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so one of the tricks that organic molecules can do is make these very long chains of molecules. Um, so when you hear like polycarbons, polycarbonates, mm-hmm. those are these, these are these long things. And it turns out that living things are really good at making these long chains and we're not like they're hard to do artificially. Um, <clears throat> but uh-huh. like the reason, the reason wood is strong is because it's these long fibers, um, laid next to each other. Uh, so we are made of things that could include things like this, perhaps. Uh, yes, that's exactly right. You're made of the same kind of stuff. Wow. But um, in terms of artificially... Organic molecules. Yeah. Right. So you say it's hard for us to make, you mean sort of artificially, like in a factory or something, or in a lab. Right. So for, so for instance, um, plastics. Plastics are these long polycarbonate chains. Oh. Um, and the reason we use dead dinosaurs to make our plastics is because all all that Cretaceous life that died and turned into oil those long carbon chains are still there. That's what oil is, 
is those long carbon chains. Okay, so you really, this dragged up a little bit of, like, I think the knowledge was in my brain, but it, it was distant. <clears throat> and it's that, right, plastic is made from oil. Like, as soon as you said, oh, you said plastic, and I thought, oh, well, we make plastic all the time. But what you're reminding us is that plastic actually is made from oil that is brought out of the ground and is just sort of blended in different ways mm -hmm. to make plastic things. Right. We don't make the we we reshape and all the original ingredients of plastic mm -hmm. is already existing biological material. That's right. Wow. Yeah. So you can synthesize it, but it's extremely difficult and the quality is low. Amazing. So it's way easier to just use the stuff that's already there. So even when we make plastic out of not oil, right? You've probably used like, you know, compostable forks and things. Mm. Um, we're making that out of potatoes, for instance, oh. because, because the plants already have those long carbon chains that are so useful for us. So it makes much more sense to take advantage of the potatoes billion years of evolution than it is to try and make it from scratch. My impression of um, modern... By impression, I mean the amount I am impressed by modern <laughs> humanity has just dropped significantly. We've been cheating. Oh, totally. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Got it. The whole plastics industry is a way of um, cheating by taking advantage of um, of this dead algae that's been sitting underground for a long time. Or more generously, recycling, I guess. Although... Yeah. Re recycle, reuse. Right. Um, yeah. Um, so... So some of these, so for instance, spider webs are really strong for this same reason. They're just particularly good and long chains. So the longer these chains are and the better they intertwine with each other, the stronger the material gets. Right. Now, uh, is the spider web, I've always wondered this, what is it? Is it made of one substance or is it sort of? Uh, no, it's, I mean, this is, uh, I don't actually know, but it's yeah. surely a, like all organic things, a complicated mess of different stuff. Right. Uh, um, so what the hagfish essentially has is the, the net, the slime net is made of these extremely long, extremely strong molecular chains, and then they all get wrapped up into a blob that looks like slime until it needs to be big. Whoa. So it's all... In, so now, w when it's eight hundred, when it be, when it explodes into an eight hundred foot um, mm -hmm. bubble, basically, mm -hmm. uh, is it, I'm trying to have an image of is it like a net, like the huge holes in it, so it's more like a fisherman's net, or is um, it uh, that is yeah, that's my sense of it. Um, if you go to the um, science magazine article, they've got a little video of. Um, uh, of how it goes, uh, so you can see it in action right. um, and see the lovely hagfish for yourself as well. Do we know what? Just what's the URL? Just what's the the website? Uh, sciencemag.org. org. Yeah, sciencemag.org. Cool. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, yeah. So remember the the purpose of this isn't uh, unlike Spider Man's webs. It's not to keep the evil doers stuck to the wall, um, but rather is just to delay. Uh, the shark from eating them ah. long enough to get away. I've got it. So now, right. Okay. Right. So the image is really like um, silly string. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. There you go. Mm -hmm. like, a, like a big silly string bomb. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, but again, imagine that football field. We've we've scaled it up to human size. Covered in stairs. Oh no! Is this this is human size? We're talking the, human size. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So up to human. Oh, I see what you're saying because the the so so the human booger, a human loogie, was mm-hmm. one inch. We were saying. And and then how big was the uh, is the hagfish? How how big does it actually? What's the actual scale we're talking about? Oh, so the the actual size is um, uh, what a quarter inch, maybe? No, no, it's got to be smaller than that. Um, I would have to look that up. The article doesn't have it at hand, but the hagfish is a few inches long. Um, its defense mechanism is a tiny little dollop. Right, right, right. So some millimeters. Yeah, probably. Uh, centimeters and um oh no here i've got it yeah several centimeters long several centimeters is how big it is when it when it's fully expanded oh several centimeters in width fully expanded right and so its original size this must be uh let's see here so it's probably mic microns micrometers wow. across originally so maybe the size of one of your hairs Wow. So it, it keeps the shark away by, so if, if the actual thing we're talking about is just several centime- a several centimeter blob, mm-hmm. how does that annoy a shark? Oh, so most sharks are not um, Spielberg-sized, right? Uh- most- <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's Spielberg class, that one. <laughs> <laughs> most Spielberg, uh, most sharks are, you know, several feet long or or less. So several centimeters is enough to um, uh, distract and prevent you from, from eating. Uh, it, so, so it has many reasons. One, it becomes enormously unappetizing because this thing, <laughs> this thing you're about to eat just, just shot I mean, out. Yeah. You, you can imagine that, right? You go to bite into your, um, uh, go, the bagel, the delicious bagel that I got from yeah. um, the <laughs> cart on the corner of West 3rd and Mercer Street. Yes. Uh, has turns out it has a defense mechanism, um, and it can shoot out a sticky net several centimeters across. <laughs> I can't eat that bagel anymore. <laughs> and this right. is why this sponsorship is not going to last. <laughs> it's not going quite the way we thought. <laughs> We're yeah. gonna maybe we'll talk about the other thing, but yeah, okay. So that bag when the bagel shoots out a thing, yeah, yeah, you can imagine that that would make it difficult to eat anything. If it shoots out anything, you're like, <laughs> I mean, a shark. It's used to a little bit grosser, you know, environment, so it's probably kind of okay. But yeah, okay. Okay. So it's not like it, it's it's definitely not, for instance, it's not like an impenetrable sphere has formed that the shark cannot bite into. No. No. They're just it's like a, it's oh. a slime slimy net. Yeah. I love so it's, it's a little bit actually of like a psychological defense. Mm-hmm. Yep. They agree. Also, again, it was useful for the accordion player on the subway who won't leave you alone. That's true. Right. You don't it's, you don't want to hurt the accordion player. Right. You just want them to leave you alone so you can get into the next car. Which is fascinating because we talk about, so this what the if of expanding, uh, scaling up to human size um, has done a funny thing of sort of override, the physical scaling up has overridden the actual original evolutionary, uh, I don't want to say purpose, but effect of the mm-hmm. thing, which is that, um, so there's two ways to, to, to scale it up to human size. One is to sort of literally just take the dimensions and scale that up. And that's pretty mm-hmm. amazing. That's, that yeah. takes us down to like, if we were the size of the skein, then this is what we would see, right? We'd be like, ha ha, we did this enormous yes. explosion. But 
the effect was simply to startle and disgust mm-hmm. the predator. Mm-hmm. Uh, then on the subway, we actually could probably get away with the original skein size. <laughs> that would be sufficient. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, 800 <laughs> would be major overkill. You've done more than disgust. You've um, you're going to wind up in uh, in the slammer, at least overnight. Um, well, and there's an important lesson in self defense law here too, which right. is that uh, in order to claim self defense, you have to make the case that your your response was proportionate to the threat. Right. right. Um, and uh, sliming an entire subway car does not count. Right. Now this is an interesting lesson actually because. Um, this is, one might say, one example of the efficiency of evolution mm-hmm. in that we, you could say that we have the same device that the skein has. You can, sp- and people do, unfortunately, not that often, really, frankly. Mm-hmm. We should, New York is far more sanitary than we're making it sound. <laughs> However, I have noticed, having said that, for instance, when I first moved here, I was going to college at NYU, and um, I tell everybody back home in Maryland and other places, you know, I, wow, New York is not like the disgusting post-apocalyptic horror that you led me to. That's right, because every, everybody remembers like Escape from New York or Death Wish. And that's, things, right, right? that's right. Even then, it probably was not. You know, it wasn't your day-to-day life wouldn't exactly be the constant horror, but. I would say that, and they'd say, oh, great. And then they'd come visit, and I'd begin the day by saying, see, look at, the, look at these beautiful parks, and look, the subways, actually, it's very clean. And for instance, on one of my very first visit, my parents were here, my, well, my mom was here, and um, I was showing her the subway and how it was very clean. It was no longer the uh, graffiti-covered thing that it had been before, mm-hmm. you know, way right. back when. And um, somebody, uh, oh, she looked down at her feet, and uh, we were standing in barf. <laughs> So, now my mother had been um, born in the Bronx, yeah, so have, she was not fooled. But uh, I have a version of that, or rather, my wife has a version of that story with our kids um, that uh, I actually cannot relate on this podcast. Wow. Okay. It's not. It's not even PG thirteen. Well, the kids had to be in it, yeah. but it was too disgusting mm. to relate. Wow. Okay. I, okay. The mind reels. Today's episode is sponsored not just by the cart on 3rd and Mercer, but uh, all of New York City. Um, Mayor Bill de Blasio. Mayor Bill de Blasio welcomes you to the (laughs) sanitary utopia that is New York. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But the weird thing is that it actually is so much cleaner than it used to be. Um, And compared to many cities I visited around the world, um, it is actually quite clean. Yeah. The last time I was at Yankee Stadium, for instance, it was not filled with an exploding snot bomb Mm -hmm. (laughs) from from a a, 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 fan or player. And hopefully this episode has not inspired any genetic engineers to... All right. Well, here we have to. This is where we have to take it to the sport, the sport of it. So, um, if we here's the idea, right? If if we could, um, how how does this work with the materials? Actually, right? Does this mean that if we could replicate exactly what's going on with the mechanism that creates this little snot bomb that's only several centimeters in Mm -hmm. diameter for the skein when he's being attacked by a shark? Um, 
does that mean, is there some physical mechanism there that we're like, ah, we know how to do that and therefore we can scale it up? We can do up. other cool stuff. Yeah, the ability to um, compact long, strong fibers and then quickly um, change their scale would be crazy useful. Um, so for instance, um, carbon fibers are what you build advanced aircraft out of. Okay, right. Right. Um, so what we, the way you do that right now is you painstakingly lay down individual fibers next to each other and glue them together until you get the shape you want. It's really tedious and expensive. Um, but if we could train those fibers to expand on their own into whatever shape you want, you could have, you could have a Jetson style pocket jet, right? You, you right. chuck the little thing down on the, uh, on the sidewalk and it's a compacted form of these strong carbon fibers and then it pops out to the shape you want. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Now this reminds me of this, um, mythological, I believe, a uh, Norse, I think it was a Norse character figure. Um, <laughs> this was something that was, I, I learned from my, uh, my friends, two brothers, Randy and Larry Woods. Um, and these are no dummies. Uh, Larry, uh, for instance, still works at NASA, um, controlling uh, satellites um, at Lagrange points and things like that, and it, cool. communication satellites. So you know, he knows what they're doing, and and uh, he was Randy's older brother, and so he taught us. He would talk about this thing called Skidbladnir, which, come to think of it, they may have learned from a Monty Python episode, <laughs> or the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It was one of those two things, both enormous influences for us, and so. Skidbladnir, which is what they had a, a little black dog who they called. She had a regular name, Phoebe, but I think sometimes they would call her Skidbladnir. Skidbladnir was a ship. Either Skidbladnir was the person who had the ship or it was the ship itself, a gigantic warship, sailing ship of days of old that mm -hmm. could be folded up into your pocket. Like a little... Like a little suitcase, a little black thing. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So this is what we're talking about, something like that. Now, there are those things where we put them in water, right? This is like a new hobby. Yeah. Put mm -hmm. these things in water and they expand. And, and aren't we now actually using those more seriously uh, in materials I, now? I do not know, but it's the same, the same kind of thing. Right. Thinking of. Um, and nature takes advantage of this. A lot. So, for instance, the DNA in your uh, cell nuclei, you know, you imagine DNA as, as these, this pretty um, helix, right? Um, mm. But actually, it's this long string all crammed up like your uh, ear pods in your pocket, right? Um, and uh, it's, uh, it's this big tangled mess, but nature's figured out a way to make it work even in that tangled state. Right. <clears throat> Even Apple, Steve Jobs is, which has, Steve Jobs has bequeathed to us, uh, Apple has not found a way for those to always detangle mm -hmm. at yeah. all. <laughs> right. But nature is really good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is, uh, and this is a thing that many scientists and engineers spend their time on. It's called biomimicry. Um, that is, can we take the lessons of how evolution has created these very complicated, efficient processes um, and put them to work for ourselves? Right. Now, one of my favorite things about 
super strong um, material science is that eventually we believe we will get to the point where we, I think it's carbon fiber, we will be able to build a cable thread uh, long enough that it can go from here to geosynchronous orbit. Right, yeah, for a space elevator. For a space elevator. Mm -hmm. Um, But what's really interesting here is you're talking about that not just like, okay, you said with carbon fibers, we are using machines or something or some some process to lay down these fibers next to each other, mm-hmm. but that we are getting to the point where we are, we are trying to get to the point where that will assemble it, self-assembling materials yep. is what we're talking That's about. That's right. So much easier to let your space elevator cable grow than to manufacture it. Incredible. Yes. And I believe that the Quanta magazine, which was, by the way, something I recently discovered, and I've been posting a lot of their stories on Twitter. It's uh, published by the Simons Foundation. Um, Jim Simons, a great mathematician, and later became a great financier. Mm-hmm. Um, is, uh, anyway, Quanta, I believe it's Quanta dot, quantamag.org, or Q-A-N-T-A, did a story about this, or it may have been NBC News, Mock, M-A-C-H, another source that I publish a lot. Anyway, where um, they showed some of these self-assembling um, structures that we're starting to work with. They literally, like, you print it, mm-hmm. it's 3D biological printing, so you could print out, like, a square-shaped um, object that, or, you know, maybe a web of square-shaped cells that then wraps itself up into a sphere. Yeah. And Isn't it's incredibly strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's totally amazing. So, this, we again, the skein, I've never encountered a skein. If I swim in the ocean, am I going to potentially meet this snot oh, rag? Well, the hag? Question, excuse me, the actually. hag. I keep calling it the skein. The Hagfish. Hag. Um, it seems fish. entirely plausible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if it shoots spit at me, before I run away in disgust, if I can conquer that impulse, I can say, wow, that is a, a miracle of nature. Yeah, that's right. And then you can be disgusted. A one, I shouldn't say a miracle, either, a wonder of nature. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then me and the shark both flee. And the shark then looks at me and says, well, <laughs> and then I try to hawk a loogie at the shark and he's like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, and then you too. Yeah. You are not, you are not scary. So, um, wow, this was a far ranging Almost Robin Williams esque. Excellent. You accept that? Yeah, yeah. fantastic. We, I mean, uh, we slimed subway cars. We filled stadiums with massive globes of snot. Um, we scared off sharks, and in the end, no hagfish. Not only were no hagfish harmed because then it, it was never no, even fine. an issue. Yeah. They're like, mm-hmm. yeah. Bring it. You call me whatever you want to call me. Hagfish. You name me that out of fear. You, <laughs> you are afraid of me because I disgust you. The, the real yeah. leap in here, I'm, I'm going to end it with the Hag Super Bowl. Hagfish Super Bowl, excuse me. Mm. So it's in a stadium that's, um, I mean, how wide do you think like a, a, a in football, the range around a single person is only the width of their arms, let's say, in terms of defense. Right. And yeah. now if they act really scary, as like the linebackers might, then that range of fear might go 
I don't know, let's say 10 feet. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot, right? It'd be ten, a 10 foot fear of terror around them that would, you know, scare only the inexperienced players. But um, um, this sphere of influence is for every single hagfish player, 800 feet mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. Now, but, but we do recognize, now here's, here's the thing, if we get to the point where it's, all, it's hagfish versus hagfish, and so they're not scared of that thing, they would have, yeah, here's where it gets really interesting, they would have developed very sophisticated ways of dealing with it. That's what would happen. Right. Uh, that's exactly right. There are sports. They, they would develop sports that um, took that into account. Right. So by the end of the game, this the entire, you know, massive stadium is full of snot, which is <laughs> covered or slimed. Every yeah. every fan, every player. The, the television cameras, you know, have to be covered with, they, they have, the television cameras have windshield wipers to, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a, con- <laughs> it's like if Gallagher, the comedian, created a game where instead of smashing watermelons, and therefore everyone in the front row of the audience had to wear a raincoat, um, in this it would just be massive. Uh, I know that there are members of our um, incredibly astute and very multi-talented audience who have artistic skills. Um, if you are at all skilled in the visual arts, or even not, you know, attempt it anyway, I would send us some images of a hagfish football game stadium. Oh any any we, any perspective? Are we going to regret this? No, I think. Well, this is going to be amazing. That's going to be amazing. Also, some of you, if you listen to podcasts, you, you may also be skilled uh, in audio. I, I may have to take up this challenge myself. Yeah. What does it sound like? What's the sound effect? Yeah. Oh, my God. The Dodgers win the pennant. The du- <laughs> <laughs> so much opportunity. Science really is marvelous. Wow. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hagfish Super Bowl. Sunday, Sunday. I'm not even sure like the beer companies would want to sponsor this. It would be, <laughs> it would be sponsored by Kleenex. Oh yeah, perfect. There yeah. you go. Or or um hand, handy oh uh ShamWow. <laughs> the ShamWow Bowl. Okay, we've got it now. It takes place in the Rose Bowl, but it, it becomes the ShamWow Bowl. And it's uh, Hagfish on Hagfish. Which team will win? What, what are the names of the Hagfish teams also as well? I leave that oh, to you. Yeah, all right. We've got a I whole alternate reality going on here. Wonderful. Now. Matt, thank you for this. Again, I love it because we never know. We began at a, we began getting a delicious bagel out on the corner in lovely Greenwich Village. A block from Washington Square on a crisp winter's day. And we wound up in Pasadena at the Ro- the Rose Bowl, now known as the ShamWow Bowl, covered in slime. There you go. It's fantastic. I have no idea where we're going to go next week. Um, start your brain thinking and uh, send in those send in those uh, artistic creations. We will share them 
If they're visual, I'll put them up on the website. If they're audio, we're going to play them. That's it. No doubt about it. Go to our website uh, if you want to interact with or encounter all of our previous episodes. Uh, Whattheif.com. Whattheif.com. Again, if you go, you can subscribe there. There's a little subscribe button. Click that right at the very top. You can listen to the previous episodes. You can enjoy all the wonderful cover art, uh, episode art that I have scavenged from the web. It's and, pretty awesome. And and slapped with the What The If logo. You can learn about us. Go to whattheif.com. Uh, click on About. And you can learn about these people with their pension for slime and snot. Why have they done two episodes in a row about snot? <laughs> <laughs> That's truly a self-explanatory. Yeah, it's look. It's winter. What can I say in the northern hemisphere? But in the southern hemisphere, it is summertime. And I urge you, by the way, our previous episode, if you didn't hear it, with Dr. Vanessa Parada, well, it's not expert. Uh, mm-hmm. um, the episode right before this, it's really fantastic. It is really fantastic. It's one of my favorite episodes yet. Follow us on Twitter at What the If Show. Next week, I have no idea. I mean, the, uh, I will say that the the very professional What the If cleaning crew, um, the incredibly dedicated men and women of the What the If uh, uh, cleaning hazmat team, after they didn't bat an eye at the after having to clean up after the whale snot episode. They were like, nope. I came in the next day. The entire studio was sparkling, yep. brand new. Sure. And I said, wow, this, this is just wonderful. You know, I'm going to have to give you a bonus. I said, no, uh, Mr. Shane, we don't need that. This is That's our, our job. Yeah. We just do this. I'm going to, in advance, just give them a tip now. Because this episode is going to be, the studio is looking pretty slimed. Pretty slimed, yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, after the What the If um, hazmat team, I think there's about 400 of them now. I'm going to have to hire some extras even. Uh, when they're done, the studio is going to be spick and span and sparkling clean and back pure white, like like uh, where the, the guy who runs the Matrix lives, or Johnny Ive and, uh, at Apple. And we are going to see a new imaginary horror, a tweak of the universe that goes awry and causes us to lift our arms to shoot slime as we run away in fear screaming what what the, the if, if, if.